Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Monday, March 21st. Coming up, Missouri lawmakers are back in session today. We'll hear why some are calling this an unusually chaotic year for the legislature. I've talked to people that have been in this building for decades, as well as politicians that were down here years ago, and they've never seen anything like this. But first, Kansas lawmakers are heading into the final stretch of their legislative session. KCUR's Brian Ellison sat down with veteran political reporter Jim McLean of the Kansas News Service about what's left on the table. There's still a lot on the table, obviously, uh-huh. but uh, but one of the biggest ones that we've been following throughout the session is the governor's proposal regarding sales tax on, on groceries. That's right. Kansas has a 6.5% sales tax, state sales tax, and it levies that tax, unlike most states, on groceries. And the governor wants to do away with it. She calls it the Axe the Sales Tax Campaign. Uh, of course, she's heading into a re-election campaign, and so this is a kind of a pillar uh, of that campaign. And uh, she really kind of uh, put legislators uh, in a corner here because there's been a lot of talk about cutting the sales tax for years. And so lawmakers are hard-pressed to do nothing. However, they don't really want to go as far and as quickly as the governor wants to go. So there's a compromise bill in the works that would cut the sales tax on groceries roughly in half immediately by July uh, this coming summer, and then ratchet it down a percent or so uh, every year as long as the state has the money until it reaches zero. And so uh, that bill is now out of a House committee and awaiting debate on the House floor. So it looks like that one has a chance. There's also Mm -hmm. some bills that are proposing constitutional amendments. uh, And uh, where do those stand? Well, there's a flurry of them, Brian, unlike this is very atypical, frankly, Mm -hmm. but uh, conservative Republicans in the legislature have had their differences, as you know, with the Kansas Supreme Court, particularly on the the issue of public school funding. And so for a long time, they've wanted more control in terms of who gets uh, the justices, how they get appointed. Right now, there's a nominating commission, uh, about half of the the members of that nominating commission are lawyers, members of the state bar. They recommend a slate of candidates to the governor, and the governor picks from among those candidates and appoints the Supreme Court justices. Well, there are two amendments that conceivably could be on uh, either the August or November ballot in the coming up election. Uh, And one of those would essentially allow for the direct election of Supreme Court justices. Several states do it that way. And then if failing that, there's one that would allow the governor to continue to appoint them, uh, but the Senate then would have to confirm them. And right now that's not the case. Uh, And there's another constitutional amendment that conceivably could be on the ballot that would require a two-thirds vote of the legislature either to raise taxes or impose new ones. And so Hmm. those are pretty consequential. Right. Could have real impact on future budgets, much like the sales tax uh, cut. So another bill that is getting some attention, especially around here in the Kansas City metro, is this so-called sanctuary cities bill that affects the relationship between municipalities and federal law enforcement. Tell us where that's at. Wyandotte County recently enacted a unified government ordinance uh, called the Safe and Welcoming Act. And uh, essentially, uh, because there's a pretty well-established population in the uh, Wyandotte 
Wyandotte County, Kansas City, Kansas area of undocumented immigrants. And so uh, what this bill would do, it, was, it would preclude, prohibit uh, local law enforcement from essentially cooperating with federal uh, immigration authorities and investigations. That's one thing. Mm. The second thing it would do, it authorizes what they call a municipal ID card. And then having that card then, of course, would help them access both government and commercial services. And so Derek Schmidt caught wind of that. Derek Schmidt, of course, is the Republican Attorney General of Kansas, and he's running for governor. He'll probably be the Republican nominee to challenge Kelly uh, in November. And he wrote this bill that essentially would prohibit, it would nullify the Wyandotte County Ordinance and prohibit any other county or municipality from enacting something similar to that. Uh, Very controversial. Uh, A lot of testimony on it. The uh, House Committee worked it yesterday and moved it out to the floor on a party line vote. And so we should be looking for that to come up in the next week or so on the floor. Jim, it does feel like there's a lot of pieces of legislation this year and just sort of the general spirit of the legislature that are really pointing toward that next gubernatorial election uh, with likely Derek Schmidt facing off against Laura Kelly. How perceptive of you, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm such an expert. Yes, yes, exactly right. uh, This session has been dominated by election year politics. The state's Medicare program is called CanCare. And there is a bill in the works that will probably be debated soon that would uh, preclude the governor from making any changes to the CanCare program during her remaining time in office, presumably to leave any uh, of those things to the next governor who Republicans who control the legislature assume will be Derek Schmidt, not Laura Kelly. And one of the consequences of that is that we have have three big managed care companies that, that run the program for the state, and those contracts are expiring. And this bill would preclude Governor Kelly from negotiating new contracts, again, leaving that to the next governor, and then that would force the administration to go to Washington, go to the federal authorities, and get an extension on the current contracts, which, you know, may or may not be easy to do. So mm-hmm. you're right. There, there, there is that spirit, uh, certainly afoot in the legislature this year, election year spirit. Uh, of course, there are a handful of other bills uh, that will certainly garner some controversy, some attention. There's, mm-hmm. of course, a bill you've been watching uh, last week involving the rights of foster parents, right? Yes, and I have not been watching that bill specifically. One of my colleagues, Blaze Mesa, has been watching that bill. But yes, that's one of the bills that we, we would expect to see some action on in the next week or so, because as we discussed early on, lawmakers will be essentially wrapping up most of their regular business here very quickly. For example, medical marijuana, which yes. has been on the, the agenda of the Kansas legislature many sessions, but never has made it to the finish line. Yeah, they've talked about this thing for a long time. And Kansas now, of course, as you know, as everybody knows, is one of the few states in the country that doesn't allow some sort of, uh, hasn't legalized marijuana in some uh, in some way. I mean, many states uh, have medical marijuana laws. Uh, a fewer of them have recreational, uh, allow recreational marijuana. Kansas is not going to go there. But there is a medical marijuana bill that is churning or chugging through the process. The House passed the bill last year. The Senate did not. And so the Senate was poised at the very beginning of the session to start hearings on the House bill. Well, Senate President Ty Masterson, a Republican, pulled that bill out of committee and essentially reworked it to tighten it up a lot. And it, it then reappeared uh, just here in the last uh, week or so. They just concluded hearings on it, three days of hearings, and so pretty extensive conversation about it. And it looks as though that bill uh, is, is finally going to make it uh, to the finish line. Uh, it's very tightly written. It, it puts a lot of rules uh, in terms of uh, uh, doctors. They have to get certificated to, in order to recommend medical marijuana for 
for patients. And of course, there are a lot of rules attendant to uh, who would qualify, you know, a, literally a list of diseases and conditions in the bill uh, that would allow people to purchase medical marijuana. And then, of course, a lot of regulations on the folks who grow it and the folks who process it and the folks who then sell it. Uh, before it's all said and done, the legislature will have to pass a, an omnibus budget. Uh, yes. Anything uh, unexpected shaping up there, or is this going to be a, a pretty pro forma step to end the session? Not pro forma at all, because Kansas is a wash in money, uh, mainly mm-hmm. because of a lot of federal uh, pandemic funds that have come in, but also the, the economy has recovered. And so uh, by the end of the fiscal year, the state could be sitting on about $3 billion in surplus, quote-unquote, surplus funds. And so there's a lot of desire to spend uh, some of that money, uh, but not all of it. And so lawmakers are planning to put a bunch of it into the state employee retirement fund to chip away more at what they call an unfunded liability there. There, of course, is the sales tax bill that we talked about earlier. That would cost between five and $600 million a year. And by cost, I mean, if we zero out the sales tax on groceries, that, that would then deprive the state of about 500 to $600 million in revenue annually. And so the budget bill that they have to craft at the very end of the session, Kansas, uh, you, you have to balance the budget in Kansas. You cannot deficit spend. And so it'll have to take into account all those ideas that people have uh, for for tax cuts and uh, other ways to use the surplus money and make sure that everything balances out at the end. That was KCUR's Brian Ellison and Jim McLean of the Kansas News Service. Missouri legislators returned to Jefferson City today after a week off. They're halfway through the session, but only one bill has made it to Governor Mike Parson's desk. Sarah Kellogg reports on why many people are saying this year has been more dysfunctional than usual. When lawmakers returned to Jefferson City in January, they had a slightly larger to-do list than normal. In addition to their annual responsibility of passing a budget, deciding how to appropriate billions of federal funding, and redrawing Missouri's eight congressional districts were new responsibilities for the legislature this year. Now, 10 weeks later and a little more than halfway through the session, only one bill, a supplemental budget bill, has made it to Governor Mike Parson's desk and become law. One reason has been gridlock in the Senate. The Senate is by nature and by uh, the way that it was formed, uh, meant to be deliberative, uh, and and in some cases very, very deliberative. Um, It was not meant to be dysfunctional. That's Senate Majority Floor Leader Caleb Rowden. His comments came on the last day before lawmakers left for a week-long break and only one day after a bipartisan coalition of more than 20 senators stood in front of the chamber to denounce the recent actions of the Republican Conservative Caucus. Anita Mannion, a professor of political science at the University of Missouri-St. Louis, called that press conference unusual. I've heard people say, well, behind the scenes, we get along well, but that's a pretty public rebuke and calling out of members of your own party. So I can't see that that um, really helps the relationships and the ability of the Republican Party to get things done. The caucus, which normally consists of seven senators of the 34-member body, has blocked or delayed action on numerous pieces of legislation these past weeks, in part by including partisan amendments to bills that had bipartisan support. Senator Bob Onder, a member of the caucus, said they will continue attempting to pass other legislation through the amendment process. It's critical that we do that. It's critical we do that because that's how 90, 95 percent of legislation gets passed in the Missouri General Assembly. Though members of the caucus say they are doing what their constituents want, Mannion says another reason for this fissure is that several members of the Senate are currently vying for a higher political office. 
sometimes those candidates who have a lot of policy positions in common look for these ways to distinguish themselves when it comes to getting support, getting media attention and fundraising. On the House side, the lack of Senate action is frustrating for some, including Republican Representative Shemette Dogan. You just wish the Senate would do the people's business the same way that the House has been doing. During the first 10 weeks of session, House members have passed almost 40 pieces of legislation. That includes bills requiring a photo ID to vote and numerous pieces of legislation in reaction to the COVID-19 pandemic. A statement issued by House Republican leadership said members have been able to send, quote, the majority of their legislative priorities to the other side of the building. For House Democrats, one of their priorities for the back half of session, according to House Minority Leader Crystal Quaid, is the passage of the budget, including allocating billions in federal one-time coronavirus aid dollars. As to the inaction in the Senate, Quaid said though progress on bipartisan legislation is halted, so is any action on House bills they don't like. In some ways, we are happy with what's going on in the Senate. It makes our jobs a little bit easier when it comes to trying to, uh, you know, push back against that. As lawmakers return, there is still plenty of legislation to consider. A bill legalizing sports betting in Missouri has made it through the committee process. Additionally, a bill legalizing marijuana for recreational use is awaiting a vote in House committee. Though Dogan did say that recent progress from the Senate on some legislation has given him some optimism that they will be able to get back on track, one bill he isn't sure will make it past the Senate is the House-approved congressional redistricting map. It's hard for me to imagine them being able to get something done with so many different ideas about how those districts ought to look. Republicans in the Senate have been divided on what Missouri's eight congressional districts should look like, with the conservative caucus steadfast on a 7-1 majority Republican map, while others are vying for a 6-2 version. While Rowden says the Senate has not given up on passing a map, there is pressure to get something passed. Candidate filing for the primary on August 2nd is currently set to end on March 29th. Additionally, lawsuits have been filed over a lack of a map. Quaid says a map in the hands of a judge could end up more favorably to Democrats. We believe if it goes to the courts, we will see a much more uh, representative map of what's been going on in Missouri's history. With eight weeks left for the legislative session, Senate Minority Leader John Rizzo said the inaction is nearly unparalleled. I've talked to people that have been in this building for decades, as well as politicians that were down here years ago, and they've never seen anything like this. The last day of the 2022 legislative session is May 13th. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more coverage of the Kansas and Missouri legislatures from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. Tomorrow, we'll take a look at how Missouri community groups are welcoming Afghan refugee mothers. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.